This podcast is for the rebels, the misfits, the stargazers, the skinny dippers, those that want to fall in love and believe in magic, those that want to bet high, break free, and know their highest self. You are listening to the Aaron Evans Podcast. If you like what you hear, be sure to rate and subscribe to this podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Aaron underscore Evans. Buckle up and thank you for your attention. I'm little, like a figurine little. I am petite, I am short, and growing up, my mother suggested that I contact the government to see if they would maybe give me a subsidy because of my height. I never contacted the government because I didn't want to know the answer. But being small meant that I was front row for school pictures. My socks always needed to match. It meant that I could play on sports teams like basketball and volleyball, yet it was clear I would never be the blocker or the center. And to this day, it means that I have to ask for help reaching high things at the grocery store. A stool is necessary in all levels of my home. And because I was short, and because I am short, it has definitely formed my identity. Growing up, as a joke, my dad used to play the following ditty for me. Can you believe that is actually still playing on Spotify and this gentleman, Randy Newman, I I wonder what experience he had with short people. Early on, my identity was formed as short and it gave people the license to always talk about my height. Now, that created in me a real desire to break free of only being a physical thing. It also indicates to me that many of us have defining features, qualities, disabilities that become the adjective used to describe us. The short one, the pretty one, the smart one, the funny one, the one in the wheelchair, the indigenous one. So these are the boxes, the labels that people use to identify us. And having an identity is a great thing. It allows us to be our own person. But the problem is we come out of the womb and our family begins to notice these traits about us and they reiterate what they see in us. And then that becomes our identity. In order to break free of an identity, it's important to acknowledge that we wear it as a badge of honor or perhaps a badge of shame and to start to acknowledge all the places where we are excluding people, labeling people, or putting people in boxes based on sexuality, gender, religion, disability, family structure, appearance, body type, marital status, relationship status. Inclusivity is a wild concept. From a young age, we start to form cliques, groups, tribes, 
And inclusivity is the action or state of including or being included within a group or a structure. And it also means practices to provide equal access to opportunity and resources for people who might otherwise be excluded. Now, in this case, I'm not talking about a short person or a dumb person or a smart person. I'm talking about how we exclude folks with disabilities, uh, speaking different languages, coming from different socio-economical groups. So how do we level the playing field? Whether you work for a big company, a small company, whether you own a business or work for one, it is important to widen your scope to make a change on a micro level that will definitely make a change on a macro level. The way you act in your family, the way you act with your friends will undoubtedly create ripple effects all over. So there are seven pillars to being inclusive. They are access, attitude, choice, partnership, communication, policy, and opportunity. So let's dive in from our particular vantage point. A baby cries and believes that its cry opens the door. A rooster crows and believes that it is responsible for the rising of the sun. The groundhog sees its shadow and believes that it brought spring. From where we stand, it feels like we see the world right and we are correct in our actions. There has to be a little bit of a growth mindset here to consider ways in which we exclude, cast away, or judge someone because they are inherently different than us based on ability or culture or language. So this is a universal right and it, it has been stripped away and we're in this beautiful time of rebuilding and we get to be a part of this change. Access, a means of approaching or entering a place. I recently tore my calf muscle and was on crutches and I had never realized how difficult it was to get around in winter. So access means the ways in which people can enter our establishments you might consider someone in a wheelchair or an elderly person or a person pushing a stroller, a ramp might be nice. It also might be signage for those that are visually impaired, a brighter sign, braille, a pride flag on the door or the bathroom indicating that LGBTQIA2S plus are all welcome here. And for your reference, that means lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and or questioning, intersex, asexual, and two-spirited, among the countless other ways people may identify. Simply getting through a door can be a barrier for people feeling like they don't belong or fit in anywhere. The next is attitude. Now, intention, good intention, is irrelevant if the behavior does not match the intention. 
So how do we change our attitudes to be more positive? It is as simple as starting a conversation. In our places of work, in our homes, in our clubs, the places that we frequent, start a conversation with people around whether people that speak a second language would feel safe here. Are the menus in other languages? The next is choice. Being a, a small person, I remember going shopping to places that had a one-size-fits-all. It never fit me. I always had to hem it, shape it, tie it, you name it. So the choice means that not everyone is going to fit into that perfect size seven shoe. That means for sports and art and music to provide different levels and options. Because if there is a lack of choice, we limit participation. The next is partnership. To become aware of the needs of people, even though we've never been in that situation, is to give a voice to the voiceless. It means understanding the resources needed. We need to have conversations. And collaboration always wins out over competition. The next is our ability to communicate. Now, we rarely consider the way that we speak and we can easily push away, avoid, ignore, make people feel less than based on the language that we use. So consider if someone comes into your business, your office, your home, and English is their second language. You would likely or hopefully change the way that you speak to make it more comprehensible. The same is true of gender, gender normative phrasing. Instead of immediately assuming someone is female or male, you could simply address them as a person. Maybe don't even mention their gender. You can't be what you can't see. And that means that I do not understand what it is like to be indigenous, to be gay, I don't know what it's like to have a disability, so my experience is limited. And this is where I want to call on my friends that have directly experienced either stereotypes or exclusion based on their skin color, based on their religion. The next pillar is policies. And if you work in a professional environment, it's clear direction and guidelines around racism, sexism, uh, those with disability, religions, and homophobia. Within your home structure, though, perhaps it is a code of conduct, a way that we call each other up when we catch each other speaking in ways that are general that are labeling, that are making assumptions based on someone's past or based on the way that a person appears in our eyes. And lastly, it's about creating opportunity. Participation is so valuable. If we are to blend and incorporate all the skills, cultures, 
uh, rituals, art of all the people, places, experiences of the world, it makes the world richer. There is a posture in yoga that translates as ballerina pose. And I remember one of my teachers saying, you know, if you can't do this pose, it's okay, because if the world were full of ballerinas, it would be boring. So let's create opportunity by modifying and adapting, allowing different levels and having equipment and different rules, different languages to be more inclusive. Based on how you showed up in the world, you were treated a certain way. In order to respond correctly is to accept the physical form. You didn't choose what body to be born into, and yet that's how you will engage with the world. You are so much more than your hair and your skin and your height. You are the light behind the eyes. You are the beating of your heart. Now, as much as we want to include and embrace everyone in the whole wide world, it starts by first embracing and accepting exactly where you are in this moment. I love you dearly. If you liked what you heard, be sure to rate and subscribe to this podcast. What is the difference between a constipated owl and a bad marksman? A bad marksman shoots but can't hit. A constipated owl hoots but can't. Until next time, stop saying you're going to do something and do it.